Good morning, everybody. Hey, you guys ready? I love that. I think that is such a good word that we have to hear that as a church. You know, it's a two-way street. We come and we have much to give, not just to receive, right? We're coming to give not just our resources, but our time, our energy, our focus, our faith. You are here for a divine purpose and you are here by divine appointment. It's not an accident that you're sitting here today. You didn't choose when you were gonna be born. You didn't choose whose family you were going to be in. God chose that. We have a God who's an architect and builder of our lives. And I don't know about you, but I want, I want that building in my life. I want him to be the one who's designing and leading and building and doing everything because he, according, and I wanna just say, as we just, um, let's just take a moment and pray and just, let's all just really expect and I want you to really engage today. I want you to put aside all the worries and the thoughts and the anxieties and plans for later in like an hour. I know the games are playing. It's a great Sunday for football. I'm very excited about it too. But your life is important. And I just pray, Father, right now for every person watching, every person hearing my voice, every person in this place right now. Lord, there's an anointing inside of them. There's a purpose inside of them. And I pray for that to be awakened today. I pray for something new to be released inside of the minds and hearts of every person listening. Lord, let your voice penetrate. Let your light flood their heart right now and their mind. And Father, thank you that old things are truly passed away. All things have become new. And Holy Spirit, we reach out to you right now. We humble ourselves and we ask you to come. You are our teacher, you're our helper, our strengthener, our comforter. You are our standby. You are our advocate. You are the one who makes everything make sense to us. Holy Spirit, you come and just teach today and just speak to each of us personally what we each need to hear from our Heavenly Father in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. This is not a message. This is an encounter. You're going to have an encounter with God today. Okay? So I want you to turn off all your, you know, preconceived ideas. I know that already happened when you didn't see Pastor coming up here. Um, but I'm so happy to be here today. And I want to start with this verse in Ecclesiastes 3 because it's January. It is a new year, like Joseph said. And as we've been all experiencing... But it says in Ecclesiastes 3, this is a famous chapter, you know, there's a time for everything, every season under heaven, a time to weep, a time to laugh, a time to be born, a time to die, and all that. And that's all beautiful. Then verse 11 is what I want to say. He has made everything beautiful in its time. <clears throat> he has also planted eternity in men's hearts and minds, a divinely implanted sense of a purpose working through the ages which nothing, listen, nothing under the sun but God alone can satisfy. I want us to start this new season, this new year, recognizing that it's he who makes everything, he is writing your story, and he's the one who designed you and began your life on this earth. He brought you into this existence. Thank God. Can we just give God thanks that he created us? Sometimes we just take it for granted. He cares about us. We're going to learn more about that. You need to listen because the world is not really telling you. And in fact, a lot of you can't really hear a lot about the goodness of God these days. I'm surprised. Uh, I love my husband, Pastor Dickow. I love the message that life changers brings to the world. Yeah. We're bringing it to you yeah. because it's changed our lives. You know, everything in life is always changing. 
that's what got me saved. I'm like, I'm tired of everything changing. You're friends with these group of people, then they, they leave, or that, that happens, then you're friends with these people. And just life just kept changing and changing, and my parents got separated for a time. I was in high school, then college, and it's just like, everything is shifting around you, and it's like, whoa. And I wanted something doesn't change. And so that is our Savior, Jesus Christ. He is the rock and he never changes. And thank God for that, right? But it is life changers because God's changing our life day by day from the inside out. He holds us steady and he's got our back. But um, an eternity, he's put eternity in your heart. And I, I'm saying that because I want you to lay aside the low life, lay aside the way that you used to think, the way that you used to perceive life, perceive your past, perceive your future, perceive God, how you see God. I want you to lay it all, I want you, God wants us to walk the higher life, to lose the lower life so that we can walk in the higher life. And the Bible says that his thoughts are higher than ours and his ways are higher. And sometimes people say, see, God's ways are higher, God's ways are mysterious, can't know God. Yes, you can. Because Jesus came to this earth, and Jesus is the bridge between us and God. He was Son of Man and the Son of God, and He brings us. We have access through Him. Jesus said to the He first He said in John 19:30, "It is finished." Right? As Gallo prayed that through the blood, he took it all for us on that cross, and we can become all of our pain and hurt. He took on the cross for us. But he has, He also said to his disciples. When he rose from the dead, he said, now, or he actually, he said it to Mary Magdalene. He said, go tell the brothers that my God is your God. My father is your father. Okay? So we don't have to think, oh, well, I don't know what God's saying. Yes, you do. You do. And if you listen to the sense of purpose on the inside of you, don't get me started now. i got to hear a little few more amens. I want you to track with me right now. Think about this. Eternity is on the inside of you, a sense of purpose. And that is why some of us are not happy, because you're not following that purpose. You're following man's ideas for you. You're following what the world's ways of doing things. You're not, you're thinking, you're putting God on the back burner. Like, well, if this all doesn't work, then I said that when I was in college. I'm like, you know, I really want to have fun right now. And then when I'm done with all that, then I'm going to serve God one day. I knew in my heart I wanted to serve him, but I just wanted to get all the fun stuff that I could in before I actually you know did the plunge but you know what I was missing out and so today I'm going to tell you a story and I want us to study this passage in the Bible story in the Bible um, because I believe that God wants I hope during this through this that you'll be able to see how you can change and how and the transformation that God wants to bring inside of your life so um, let's go to Luke chapter 8 turn to Luke chapter 8 with me and what's interesting, we're going to go in verse 27. But right before this, what I'm about to share with you, um, and, and you don't have to look at this, but I just want you to know, everyone, how many remember the story about Jesus when, or the disciples when they're on the sea, and the winds, and the waves, and the things are going to die, and they're like, God, Jesus is asleep, right? How many have been there where you feel like my life is turning upside down right now, and Jesus is sleeping? What is up? No, what, this has to change. And they're like, Jesus, don't you care? Don't you care? And then he rebukes the wind and the wave. And it's like a huge, everyone knows the story, right? But do you know what happens after the story? So it says, when they came out onto the land, he was met by a man from the city who was possessed with demons, who had not put on any clothing for a long time, and was not living in a house, but in the tombs. Now, 
before we keep reading, I want you to see this. See, we've got to face our trouble. We have a tendency to run away or deny it or, you know, and, and those disciples had to go through that storm because guess what? On the other side was an even greater storm. So if you're in a storm right now, don't worry. God's going to help you through it. I'm going to help you through today. I'm going to teach you. This is going to be a moment of experience for you. I'm going to help you. You have some things to think about. You've got some struggles, some things you're anxious about, some things you're not sure, you're uncertain about. Uncertainty is the source of, is one of the biggest sources of stress. So the uncertainty of your future, the uncertainty of a job, uncertainty of being able to pay your bills, uncertainty of your calling, right? It can be stressful. I'm going to help you today, okay? So take a deep breath, all right? You are here by divine appointment. God has planned this out. He already told me what to, to say to you. I'm not worried about it. I'm at peace right now. There's peace in this room. There's anointing in this room. There's an anointing in your life that's going to heal you as you hear me speak. I want you to tap in and listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying to you. Because if we don't get it now, we'll be facing it again in a year. We don't want to be here next January and dealing with the same thing, right? Let's go ahead and be, let's have a little courage. Let's let our hearts expand a little bit right now. Let eternity that's inside you breathe a little bit, okay? There is life beyond what you know right now. There is something God has that's better than what you can even think or imagine, okay? So it's not the end. You might have been thinking and watching, maybe you're watching online, and let us know in the chat. We're so happy that you joined us today. Let us know what you're doing, and our team is standing by to help and pray for you and to connect with you, and everybody here, I wanted to say thank you to all of our teams that get here early, like ungodly hours in the morning, and the cold January, they get here, they practice, they get everything set up, all the electronic things so that we can put our message online and connect with people all around the world. Can we just give a hand? People working so hard behind the scenes. All our host team, our parking lot people, our parking lot attendants are amazing. Please, you, sh you know, smile at them. Be kind to them. They are like, like the sacrifice of our children's ministry, our teachers that are serving, serving in the city, all of our city team. I mean, there are so many things that are making this moment happen for you. So give yourself a little bit of time right now and don't be distracted. Focus, because there's something important that God wants to do inside of you. So we see here this man, in, um, he, they step out on the land, and here's this demoniac, okay? This man, he's, um, it says he's, verse, where am I? Verse 27, he was possessed by demons. For a long time he had worn no clothes. I'll just read up here. He came out, <clears throat> so you can go to the next verse. He lives in the tombs. Seeing Jesus, he cried out, and he fell before him. And he said in a loud voice, What business do we have with each other, Jesus, Son of the Most High? I beg you, do not torment me. And then, for Jesus had been commanding the unclean spirit to come out of the man, for it had seized him many times. And he was bound with chains and shackles and kept, was kept under guard. But he would break through these bonds and be driven out by the demons into the wilderness, into the desert. And one version says that they tried to put chains on him, but no one could bind him and no one could tame him. Sound familiar? <laughs> James said the tongue is unable to be tamed. Some of us, our tongue is untamable. Some of us, our tempers are untamable. Sometimes our finances are untamable, our consuming, our eating, our drinking, our spending, you know? It can be like out of control. So. 
Don't sit there with your, don't sit there and think, well, I don't have any demons in me. I know you don't. None of us are, when you receive Jesus into your heart, you're not possessed. And this man was clearly possessed. And when you, by the way, when you do get born again, you can't belong to Jesus and belong to Satan. Okay, you can't have two fathers. You can have one father and then if he's no good, you get adopted by a good father. That's your real father. We've all been adopted by our heavenly father. We're born of the devil, but we've all been adopted. When you get born again, you walk into that adoption. It's like you're signing the paper. I accept my adoption as a new creature. Old things are passed away. All things have become new. All right? So I want to just pray right now for that. Because I, 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 I really think it's important as we're studying this. I don't want anyone to be freaking out like, oh my God, do I have demons in me? Do I have? No, you don't have to be afraid. But I pray right now, if anyone's not sure, if you're uncertain of your salvation, if you're watching online and you've never given Jesus your life, I'm going to do this right now. I pray. And I want you to just pray this after me. Because many of you know Jesus and what he did for you. But you've never taken a moment to accept it and sign the paper. So just pray this after me. Heavenly Father. Thank you for Jesus dying on the cross for me. I believe it. He took away all my sin through his blood. I believe you love me. And I could never earn my way into heaven on my own. But I believe what Jesus did was enough. So I receive a new heart. I receive a new spirit. I'm a new creation, born again by the Spirit of God, in Jesus' name. All right, give God some praise. I believe some people got into heaven just now. That's important. That's important. Angels are celebrating in heaven. These are important moments. You know, we rush through life so much, and we don't realize what is happening. So this man, they see this man. We see this man. He's a demoniac. He's diseased, a diseased soul, tormented, depressed, and it says about this man, I'm sorry if I'm repeating myself, but um, it says he was, he was, um, he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of him, for it had seized him many times. And, um, and he was bound with chains and shackles, kept under guard. Okay, go to the next verse. I'm reading from the Amplified, but I want, okay. And Jesus asked him, what is your name? And he said, Legion, for many demons had entered him. Go to the next verse. They were imploring him not to command them to go away into the abyss. <coughs> now there were a herd of many swine feeding here on the mountain, and demons implored him to permit them to enter the swine, and he gave them permission. Okay, we're going to stop right here. I want to go back a little bit, and I want you to see something, three things about this man that I think we have to make sure that we don't miss. It says they met him. He, was, he had no clothing. He lived among the tombs, and we know that demons were crying out through him. Now let's look at that, because what can we take away from this right now, in, in this moment, okay? Because again, we're not all possessed, we, we're not possessed by the devil, and many of us just received Jesus, but what is it? Why do we, what is it about the story? How can I, can, how can someone like you connect with the story? How can someone like me? Because sometimes we're bombarded with thoughts in our minds, knives in our souls. Maybe we're not being attacked by demons on the inside, but... Life is bombarding us, dictating to us, speaking to us, even from the past. Failures, disappointments, betrayals. Now, I want you to he hear this. 
um, maybe insecurities, anxiety, maybe abuse from your past, because this man had no home. He, his reality was the tombs, and maybe your reality has been the past, and tombs, and bad memories of abuse, or how someone hurt you, or what you did to hurt someone else, or what you did to hurt you. The source of all harm and torment comes from Satan. He is the author of all, Jesus, the Bible says God is love, right? Perfect love casts out fear. Amen. They were like, he, the demons were like, don't torment us, Jesus. No, that's, that, God and Jesus are not tormentors. So it just shows you the devil's a liar, and many times the world will lie to you and say, no, don't follow God, don't do that. These demons were shouting out, and they, because they knew Jesus had authority. Anyway, back to my main point. These three things. He has no clothing and no, no identity, no home. He's living among the tombs. Death is what's reigning. And he has no voice. He has no voice. And the demons are speaking through him. There's a God-given individual personality that God has put inside of you that he designed you with. Your voice is unique to you. And you know what Jesus said? What is your name? He said, legion, for there are many. So this, there's many, and some of us are schizophrenic. Some of us do, we're not sure who we are. We're like, I don't know, one day I'm lazy, one day I'm diligent, one day I'm, I'm a good person, one day I'm just like the devil from hell, you know? Sometimes we just, it's like, who am I? Because we can have all these like thoughts coming at us, hitting us, and sometimes we're reacting from pain from our past, which we don't even realize. See, when you get born again, you, your spirit's good. Your spirit is just like God, but you have a soul, and it carries those, that personality, but it's been damaged, and it's what we call soul thieves. They, so maybe you're not possessed by a, the enemy, but he's thieving, he's, he's robbing and stealing your thoughts, and, and, he's, he's, and, he, and just because you have a thought doesn't mean it's true. Just because it comes into your brain doesn't make it true. And yet you might hear something or think something about somebody or what you think they're thinking and you make that your reality. And that's like this man living among the tombs of death and crying out. It says one verse, it says that he, at night, he would cry out loud and he would cut himself with stones. And the town didn't know what to do with him. Well, here comes Jesus. And I'm, I'm again, I'm not trying to say anybody here is possessed, but you might know somebody who is. <laughs> or someone who is. But here's the point. The quality of our soul affects every aspect of our lives, our family, our relationships, our physical bodies, our finances, our habits, our, our behaviors. Even it can affect how creative we can be, how innovative we can be, inspired. Instead, we're just keeping our head down rather than looking up and dreaming. See, eternity's in your heart, and God wants you to have that breath and that width of his love inside you, but you're limiting because these soul thieves, and what are soul thieves? They are emotions that are eroding your physical and mental and emotional health. Your social health. And you think people are against you. You think God is against you. You think God is tormenting you. It's like, God, please, why can't you hear me? Lord, don't you care? Do you see how backwards that is? Love casts out fear. And so we're going to see what Jesus, this encounter with Jesus, what does this do for this man? Because 
we may not have demons, but our soul, often we're living in the dark tomb of our solitary past or solitary places of torment where we let our past failures and mistakes hurt us again and again. These wounds that never heal cause damage to our soul, limiting our possibilities. This man had no clothing. That's the curse, like he was naked and ashamed. No clothing, no identity, no place to belong, no home, and no voice that represented that beautiful creation that God made us with. So what happens next? Jesus says, what is your name? And that's the title of this message. What is your name? Why? Because your name, by the way, you are a unique individual. I'm going to hammer this because many of our culture, much of our culture, thinks like a group. Well, I'm Italian, so I'm this way. No, you're not. You are a unique individual who God created, and often we just think that way just because you grew up in this family. That's what we do. But you are a unique individual, and this man had none of that. It was legion, thousands, thousands. And by the way, legion means 6,000 fierce. It was a group of, as a military term, representing 6,000 fierce soldiers. I think it's important we identify this. Our culture, there's more mental illness than we've ever experienced. It's, ter- it's really bad. I know you've heard that, and I'm sorry, I don't mean to be negative. But there's a reason why you're here today, because you're going to be, you're part of the solution. So what is your name? Jesus is calling out to this individual soul. He answers legion. And the reason he does this, is important for us to recognize, is there's, you have to identify something before you can get healed from it. So this is not positive mental thinking, like, oh, just be positive. Don't think negatively. Don't think, you know, it's identify what it is and call it. So Jesus asked him, what's in your name? What is your name? And that was the beginning. And so I want to just, I don't want to like belabor it too much because I know, let's just, let's just read because Jesus said, what is your name? And then, what did he do? It says that, it said legion. Okay, then the next verse after that, let's keep reading. They're imploring him not to command him to go, command them to go into the abyss, okay? And then, now, there was a herd of many swine feeding. We, we read about that. We know that the pigs were there. The demons implored him to permit them to get into the swine, and he gave them permission. So Jesus, what does he do? What does he do? He rebukes them, rebukes the demons. They go into the swine, and then what happens? The swine run off the cliff, and they rush down the steep bank into the lake, and they are drowned. All right, so what we see here is how did, what happened in this experience with Jesus? Jesus says, what is your name? And then we know, so first he, he, he asks him, what is your name? And identifies it, and then he sends it away and rebukes it. And then thirdly, well, let's just look at this. Let's just read it together. I'm just going to be able to amplify. Do you guys mind for a minute? Because I feel like this is going to help give us this picture. It says, verse 29, Jesus was already commanding. You don't have to follow with the verse. Just listen to me as I read through the Amplified. Jesus was already commanding the unclean spirit to come out of him. Many times it has snatched him and held him. He was kept under guard and bound with chains. And they begged Jesus not to command them away. But then, verse 33, the demons came out of the man, entered the swine, the herd rushed down. Okay, we read that. Verse 34, 
When the herdsmen saw what had happened, they ran away and told it into the town and in the country. And people went out to see what had occurred, and they came to Jesus. And they found the man from whom the demons had gone out, sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind, and they were seized with alarm and fear. I think this is, I, I, I'm taking my time with this because I really want you to not hear this in a religious way. I know a pastor has taught this before. Many of you have heard this story before. But this, this man was cast into a solitary place. And in that solitary place is often the place where we get continually abused. And I guess I feel like there's somebody here or maybe somebody watching that this is, you've been beating yourself up or abusing yourself hurting yourself, and I feel like the Holy Spirit wants to heal you. He, he, just like Jesus, I want you to see that what Jesus did to this man, he helped him identify it, and then he rebuked it. And then the man was found. When they came, they see him. He, they found the man, the people went out to see what had occurred, and they came to Jesus, found the man from whom the demons had gone out, sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed in his right mind. And I want you to know that this is the goal of a, a cured soul. Notice, he did not get a raise in that moment. He didn't get a spouse, didn't have children, didn't buy a house, didn't get a college degree, didn't run and go off to seminary school, didn't get a new car, didn't find a group of friends, didn't get a new um, profile on social media, None of that happened. Right. He went from being, cutting himself, yelling out, screaming, Jesus, what did Jesus do? He said, what is your name? Called it, ident made him identify it. Yes. And then Jesus rebuked it. And then, amen, Jesus is our Savior. And he's the only one who has power. And we put so much time and energy and money into things of this world to get us free. College education, I believe in it. Getting married, it's great. Having friends, yes, we need people around us. But God has also provided this church, this force in the earth that is here to help other people see, to help people like this, to see all of us free from whatever is entangling and stabbing us. Listen, I know, I've been there. I've been there where I put on the, the, I put on the facade, I get it, I have to, I can't quit, I'm a mom, I've got kids, I can't just up and run away, I'm a teacher, I can't just walk away from my students, I'm plugged into, you know, and I can't just up and run, but sometimes when you feel like you have nothing, I've walked around and I've smiled, and I'm in hello, but inside I'm crying, thousands of tears, why, because there's some, there's things that are hurting me on the inside and I can't fix them, and I've tried to fix them, I tried by being good enough, I tried by joining this and doing this and doing, doing all these programs and things like that, and I'm, I'm not trying to say all those are bad, but like, I mean, even exercise and supplements, and these are things that are really important in getting your health and nutrition, but he didn't even have time to do any of that. Yeah. We can't forget the spirit of God, the spirit of God, the anointing of God. That is our hope. And yes, there's going to be things that are going to heal. That we're going to take care of our bodies better because once we're healed, look, this man was now sitting at the feet of Jesus. He found his place. He found where he belonged. And it really speaks a lot of, am I boring you? I'm sorry. I get so excited about, you know, this, this story right here. I hope that you'll never forget every time you read it. It gets me every time. He's clothed. 
He has dignity. He's clothed in righteousness. He's clothed in that sense of honor. He is sitting there and at the feet and humility is everything. My friends, my family, we cannot let go of humility. Humility seems to be like this rare thing these days. Everybody demands what they want, what they think and what they see and everyone is telling everyone what to do. On social media, it's like constantly, this is three ways to do your laundry. Here's how you can get, fix your car. Here's how you, everyone is telling everybody what to do. And I just can't, I, I just thank God for his spirit, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit that's inside, that eternity that's on the inside of us, because change is going to come from inside, not from out here. Yeah, I can wear a different outfit. I can, you know, um, do, you know, we can do our hair, we can do different things to make us feel better, and it does make us feel better, but like, if you don't have on the inside the sense of identity, that you're right with God. There is no condemnation. God is not judging you. Listen to me, people. He's not judging you anymore. All his judgment came on Jesus. All of it. John 5, 24. He, everyone who believes passed out of judgment. Eight, Romans 8, 1. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Um, so why do we struggle? We have to pay attention to these solitary places that we go to and we shut the world away and we, because we feel like so overwhelmed with trying to fix everything and fix ourselves. But you don't have to fix yourself. He couldn't fix himself. He kept cutting himself and cutting himself and yelling out and he couldn't do it. And then in one fell swoop, one moment with Jesus, right now, the anointing is loosening yokes, bondage. You've been held to people that said something about you. You said something about you. You might have done some, said something to someone that really hurt them. You might have been in a car accident, hurt somebody, and that weighs on you. Or you did something wrong when you were young, or you got yelled at by a teacher, or you just saw yourself in a certain way, or you, you're struggling now. Maybe you're struggling with, out of control with addictions, with food addiction, drink, alcohol addiction, drug addictions, and these things are overwhelming you. Or maybe you just feel like you're out of your mind, you're losing your mind because you know what, there's so much pesticides in the foods that we eat. Sometimes I think, no wonder people are going crazy. <laughs> We, and these things are happening in our bodies sometimes. We don't even know all the things happening. We blame ourselves. Listen, we blame ourselves too much. Literally, you think, well, I got to get better. I got to find, I got to seek God. I got to fast. I got to make sure that I hear from God so God can fix what's. In one moment, Jesus, like, he knew in that storm sleeping on the boat. He knew he had a mission. Many of you, you're in that boat and the waves are turning and crashing and, and you're, listen, smile. Just smile. It shows God that you trust him. Sleep, rest, breathe. Let's have a little faith. I don't want to be like religious people, just running to and fro, back and forth, trying to be this, trying to do this. But inside, what are you when you put your head down on your pillow at night? I have to live with myself every night. And I am at peace because I'm clothed now with righteousness. I'm in my right mind. I'm getting better. I'm not there yet. 
I know that you think I'm crazy. I'm sure I'm crazy <laughs> at times. But we can't, you know, denial ain't just a river in Egypt. <laughs> and we have to face some things. You know, that's, if you know who said that, it wasn't Pastor. Pastor it's in Pastor's book, but actually it's Mark Twain who said that. So there is something about calling it out. There is something about, I, I'm trying to find this one thing I wanted to say. Um, often we deny it. We blame others as a source, and that relieves us from having to deal with it. When you refuse to name the weakness or pretend that it's not there, it establishes a stronghold in your life. That's where these emotions, these soul thieves come in. But listen, I want to give you some comfort right now. You can be safe and know you're safe in the arms of God, in the arms of his non-judgmental love, his non-judgmental grace, okay? And I wanted to name this grace, grace, and more grace, but it felt narcissistic. Anyway, <laughs> we can fling open the doors of our heart to be honest and to surrender. Isn't that good to know? We can stand before God expectantly and wait for the winds of healing and the waves of his love to overtake our souls, fixing what's broken. We don't have to fix ourselves, but we have to yield to that eternity, that spirit of God, the spirit of God. I'm more than anybody. I love the verses of the Bible. I love learning facts. I love and I study it. I listen to podcasts. I love listening to physicists and scientists and biologists. I love to learn the secrets behind problems. I'm a puzzle. I love puzzles. I like to solve problems. But I can't solve I couldn't solve grace. I couldn't, Jesus had to come. And he continually reminds me, I have to continually sit at his feet and just humble myself because I don't know how it makes sense. I don't know, Lord. I'm following you, but still sometimes I wake up and I don't know. I'm like, why do I feel like I'm not even saved today? Why do I feel like, God, are you there? And I have to have humility and say, you know what, Lord? I can see from the word what you did for this man. I know you could do it for me. And as long as I'm not denying it, and, and also not afraid to say it, because guess what? I'm safe. I'm already accepted by God. He's, you know, so we can come into agreement with this finished work of Jesus, of Jesus and, and, and let our faith carry us through, okay? So no one here is saying, oh, you better repent if you have this, this, this. When we call it, remember, Legion wasn't him. Legion was these, all these demons that had taken over. So when you call out, it's just fear, betrayal, disappointment, hurt, rejection, anger, bad temper, laziness. Name it. Then James 4, 7 says, resist the devil and he will flee. We have the authority. Jesus cast out demons with the word. Um, was that scripture, Gina, that I was talking about? Matthew 8, I think it's Matthew... Um, Matthew 8, 16, if you could put that up. I want you to see this because you're in Christ, right? And his father's your father, right? And his God is your God, right? All right. It says, when evening came, they brought him many who were demon possessed and he cast out the spirits with a word, not a class, not a 16 week, 20 week program, one word and healed all who were ill, all who were sick got healed and demons were cast out. So. Number one, he was clothed now, and then he was sitting at the feet of Jesus, and he was in his right mind. But then 
This is the last part. We have to get this. This is so powerful. It says in verse 36, those who had seen this happen had, um, well, so he's sitting in his feet, okay, sees, and the people were seized with alarm and fear. Verse 36, those who had seen it told them how, those who also, I'll read it from here, um, told them how he had been possessed with demons and was restored to health. Then all the people of the country and the surrounding the Gerasenes district asked Jesus to leave, for they were possessed and suffering with dread and terror. So he entered a boat and returned to the west side of the sea. Okay, but listen, that's kind of a short version. Um, oh, I know what it is. It's in Mark. We got to go to Mark 5. Sorry. Go to Mark 5. It tells the same story, but it's actually a little more detailed at the end. Can you guys give me another minute? Yeah. All right. Thank you. Come on. We're in this together. God's doing something in your life. You're not going to walk out of here the same. You are, God has got you. He's got your back. And now there's something cooking in the oven. And we don't want to take the cake out too early. We got to make sure that it's all cooked all the way through, right? So here it is, right here, verse 20. He departed, I'm sorry, verse 19 in, in Mark chapter 5. Let's just go up to verse 18, sorry. Wait, where am I? This is, Mark is such a quick writer. The author Mark, he is just boom, boom, boom. So I can't, he's like, all this is like one verse. So it says that um, when he stepped into the boat, the men who had been controlled by the unclean spirits kept begging him that he might be with him. But Jesus refused to permit him. But he said to him, go home to your own family and relatives and friends and bring back word to them of how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had sympathy for you and mercy on you. And he departed and began to publicly proclaim in Decapolis, which is the region of 10 cities, how much Jesus had done for him. And everyone was astonished and marveled. Do you know what I love about this? Number one, he's like, Jesus, please let me stay with you. Let me follow you. I would be that way too. Get me out of here. You know, thank you for changing my life. But he said, no, stay. And you know, pastor's been teaching us, stay with it. Sometimes we want to up and run. We want to up and go. Oh, this place has been so bad. I've had so many bad. No, you've been through a lot, but now God wants you to stay. Well, Jesus is saying stay, and I want you to go and tell what has been done for you. Yeah. Notice he's not telling everybody what they're doing wrong and how they need to get it better and how they need to do like him and follow the law and follow this rule and follow this rule. No, go tell everyone about the mercy and the love, 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 and more love, and all that God has done for you. Sometimes we get religious and we tell all of our neighbors and our cousins and our relatives, like, well, you need to get this, and you need to be this, and you need to be born again, and you need to be, you know. but how about just telling them, do you know the other day I was feeling so down, and then I opened this Bible, and I saw this verse, and I swear, I just, the sun came out at that moment, and I just knew, I'm like, oh my God, thank you, Lord, in my heart, like, he just made me feel so loved, or this turned around for me, the situation at work, I was really struggling, and, and tell people how you're struggling and how God helped you, rather than what they need to do to be like you, you know what I mean? I'm sure nobody here is like that, but I'm just saying, you probably know somebody who is, and we all just need to receive God's love. And I, I love how he went and he preached 
This man preached in 10 different towns, the Decapolis, 10 different places. He went and he was powerful. And you know what is really crazy about this? Is that there are people there that they asked Jesus to leave. The rest of the town, they were like, can you please leave? Obviously, maybe because they're upset about the pigs. Maybe that was their industry there. And they lost all their pigs now. They got to raise up new pigs. But they were the ones. Listen. We all think the demoniac was crazy. These are the people who are crazy. These are the ones that didn't learn. They stood there and they're like, oh my gosh, get out of here. We don't want you. Those were worse off than this man. So don't beat yourself up anymore. Don't think bad of your situation. Don't think, well, look, I'm already in my 70s and I still haven't. No, it's not too late with Jesus. One moment, with one word, he can straighten it out. He can help you see what he's doing. Because guess what? He makes everything, and thank you for your encouragement. I appreciate your enthusiasm. Let's do this. Let's do this together because eternity is in our hearts. And there's a plan there. There's a purpose. I love that because sometimes I can't, I try to plan and plan and plan, and as much as I plan, it doesn't always go right. But it makes me encouraged to know God has a plan, and that's in me already. And all we have to do is just love one another. Can we just love one another better? Can we be humble and be a family? And if you're not, if you're new here, we welcome you into this family. If you've been watching online and you accepted Jesus into your life, we have a book we want to um, give you. Um, and if you prayed here today, um, we'll mail this to you free, by the way. Um, if you you know, want one of these to get your big journey, not a small journey, big journey with God going, you can follow him and follow his word. And if this guy can do it, we can do it. You know, why? What are we waiting for? What are we waiting for? Let's go. Let's not wait for someone to recognize. Let's wait for someone. In other words, don't need all the affirmation and approval from men. He humbled himself and received it from God. You don't need all the attention from your husband or your wife needs to do this and this for you. How about if you just be humble and and love and have that moment with Jesus. Instead of blaming your parents for what they didn't do or what they did do, or blaming your kids and your grandkids and why they're not, you know, showing up and why they're not doing for you what you did for them. What about boss? My boss is mean. My employees don't are lazy. You know, um, whatever. You know, this, the, the laws are bad in this city and this town and this country and this blah, blah, blah. And there's all these ways we can blame, blame, blame. But how about if we just stop and let Jesus speak to us. Let his word. And that means coming to church on a regular basis, watching online on a regular basis, because hasn't this helped you today? It's helped me. I feel encouraged. I feel hopeful for you. And we are on a mission, you guys. We are going to change this world. This is our year. This is what we look like in 2023. Seated at the feet of Jesus. Clothed with righteousness. In our right mind. Guess what? He had his personality back. He had his voice back. He had this individual destiny with which he was created back. This unique creation that there's only one of you in this whole universe. Don't deny that. Don't stuff that down. Let God ignite a fire under it and cause it to come alive yes. in 2023. Amen? Yes. All right. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you for this. Every person hearing my voice right now, every person watching, every person in this room, Lord, everyone, you see them all. You are their father. You designed them. You called them. And the, that one that might feel like no one notices, 
No one can see. Maybe you're sitting in your home by yourself and you're thinking, but nobody sees me. Oh yes, oh yes. The Father sees you. The Father created you. A mother and a father never forget their child. How much more? The Father will never let go of you. So Lord, I thank you right now for that healing balm. And I want you to just lift your hands if you want to be healed from the soul thieves that have been trying to steal your life and steal from you. And maybe there's been that, just something that has been like a sword in your heart. And Lord, right now I thank you for that healing balm to just pull that sword out gently, Holy Spirit. Gently pull that sword out, pull those needles out, pull those knives out, those things that have been damaging us over and over. We think we don't have to cut ourselves, we don't have to hurt ourselves, we don't have to blame ourselves. Lord, you took all the blame for us, and now we stand before you unblameable, washed, clean. Just say, I'm clean, I'm washed, I'm healed by the blood of Jesus, by faith. I receive that healing balm from my mind to walk in humility and to let the heart of God live through me from this moment forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If, you, if this meant something to you and encouraged you, um, you can hear more about it, read more about it. Uh, it's chapter 8 from Pastor's book, Soul Cure. You'll get all the details there. If you weren't able to take notes, it's all there. I encourage you to read this book. I'm not, I know it sounds crazy that I'm, I don't mean to give a shameless plug here, but this book is changing my life. And I, I just want you to have the cure, the soul cure that God has given. And by the way, I mean, literally, Pastor will be back next Sunday, but um, he's curing some people now with his pre preaching in our churches in Italy this weekend. And um, he'll be back this, this coming week. But we are reaching this world. People, listen, get ready. We're going to start reaching more nations. You're going to see it. But you could be a part of it. Get plugged into a team. Become a life group leader. Like Pastor said to us on Christmas Day, go home. Go and create something in your home. A Bible study at your workplace. A Bible study in your neighborhood. Let's get this word out. Let's heal our, let's go to the cities, right? Just like this man. All right, you guys, let's go watch football. I love you. Stand up. Have a great day. If you need anything, our prayer team will be up here. They'll pray for you and agree with you. Get plugged in. Make this your home. We love you and we're here for you. Thanks for watching. God bless you.